What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Trench Warfare Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Thorne, and I'm recapping today for you, sharing notes from the fifth annual Offensive Line Masterminds Clinic in Frisco, Texas. Just got back uh, two days ago, and I'm just kind of compiling my notes and everything from this year's event. And I mean, this was this was the best one yet. It, it really is getting better every year, getting bigger every year. And um, part of that is, you know, this this year we had actually a couple Hall of Famers join us, and that was Willie Rofe, former Chiefs and Saints left tackle. And uh, we also had former Seahawks and Vikings left guard Steve Hutchinson. So two Hall of Famers were with us, and then we had uh, Willie Anderson, former Bengals right tackle, who should be a Hall of Famer one day. He joined us as well. Um, so that was amazing. We had Mark Schlereth, who – you know, has almost a Hall of Fame worthy career. He played 12 years for Washington and Denver, won, uh, I think, three Super Bowls, um, you know, as a starter on those offensive lines. Um, so, you know, his insight was tremendous. Um, we had Olin Krutz, of course, uh, for the second consecutive year, former Bears center, who's, you know, I think a six-time pro bowler, has almost 200 starts at the pivot, uh, Hall of Fame worthy career as well. So, Man, there was just there's so much wisdom from those guys passed along to everyone. Um, and it was, you know, just so cool to have not only, you know, their, you know, their wisdom passed along, you know, from guys who were retired, who did it at the highest level. But then, of course, the current, um, you know, kind of group of some of the best in the league uh, playing right now share, you know, how how they succeed um you know lane johnson of course teron armstead um ryan jensen and you know the list goes on uh you know th there really is just th there were so many great players in there and then we also you know have, have had and did this year as well have the next kind of generation there you know a lot of college guys were there this year as well um so to kind of bridge all those different eras together uh, is special, you know, and just to be in the room um, as somebody who didn't play, you know, in the NFL or anything, uh, you know, it just is extra special for me. You know, I feel every time I'm in those rooms, I just feel how special it is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, th the first thing that I wanted to touch on was um, there, there was this session that we had where, kind of those first names I brought up, all the retired guys, the high-level guys, they, they came up and discussed non-negotiables for the offensive line. Um, and this, to me, was probably my favorite part of, of the Offensive Line Masterminds uh, event this year. Uh, so, you know, some of the notes I have from uh, Steve Hutchinson, who went first, you know, basically laying the foundation of offensive line play, right? Tough, smart, physical. Those are the, those are the three non-negotiable traits that every great offensive lineman has. And if you're listening to this, uh, you've probably heard that before, but you know, it's, it's always good to kind of keep that at the forefront of your mind, whether you're evaluating the position, watching it, coaching it, playing it, you know, those are the traits that you must have to be a good high level offensive lineman. And he broke some of that down. So, you know, he went on to say that toughness is never physical. It's a decision um, really just speaking to, you know, mental toughness, right. And choosing to do the hard thing 
um, choosing to do, you know, to, to basically learn how to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, um, you know, studying the game, knowing football, right? What all the positions are doing, that's smart, right? So when people say, you know, I want a smart offensive lineman, that's really what ideally you want, you know, somebody who knows the entire game and what all the positions are doing. Um, and that's typically true of, I think, a, you know, a lot of Hall of Fame, all pro level players in the NFL, they know more than just their role, right, and their responsibility, they, they kind of understand how it all fits together. Um, so that's really what the smart aspect is. And then physical, you know, that's setting a tone, that's wanting and imposing your will on the opponent throughout an entire game. Right. And part of that is mental toughness. Part of that is physical toughness. So it kind of bleeds into that as well. Um, but yeah, Hutch, he, he, Hutchinson shared so much good stuff. We'll, we'll get to more of that here soon. Uh, Willie Rofe. So, I mean, I just got to say like this, this was pretty unreal for me to be sitting in a room, you know, 10 feet away from Willie Rofe and Steve Hutchinson, listening to them talk. Cause I mean, just me, you know, growing up playing Madden and just being a Madden fanatic and knowing the entire NFL, like the rosters, I would, you know, when Madden was old, you know, Madden came out like the new Madden comes out every August or it did. Right. And, you know, when the season is over in February or so, then you have a quote unquote old Madden. Right. So I would update the rosters based on what happened in free agency every year. I do every free agent transaction. So, you know, by the time March and April rolls around the draft, I'd create a lot of the first round and create players. So, you know, from March to August or April to August, I'd be playing my updated version of Madden. Right. Because back then, you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s, mid 2000s, you couldn't really go online and get updated rosters. So, that allowed me to learn the NFL, learn who the best guys were on top of watching them, right? Reading about them, all that kind of stuff. And I mean, Willie Rove, Steve Hutchison, I mean, they were constantly 95 rated in Madden or better, right? Every year. I mean, and my, my best all-time Madden team that I used to win a lot of money uh, actually was the 06 Chiefs. Willie Rove was a left tackle, right? Brian Waters at left guard, Casey Wagman at center, Will Shields at right guard and right tackle John Tate. I mean, uh, that was an incredible line. And, and Willie Rofe was kind of the captain of that line, right? Him and Will Shields. Um, so Rofe's non-negotiable was being accountable. I mean, man, listening to Willie Rofe talk, the most powerful moment came during this session of the whole event, I thought. Uh, and, and that's when he started to talk about this accountability um, that, that he felt was so critical to his success and what it meant to be a great offensive lineman and he he basically said that you know you do not want to let the man beside you down so that means being out there every sunday right being available um making yourself available right playing through uh being hurt uh or injured even at, at sometimes if you if you can right and it sounds like he did it quite a bit he actually broke down a little bit as well when he was talking about leaving the Saints. He, he said he was ran out of town by the Saints. You know, they thought he was done. He tore up his knee. The Saints got, you know, got rid of him. Um, and then, of course, he came back for, I think, four or five years with the Chiefs and made all pros and Pro Bowls again. Um, but he broke down with that because he felt like he kind of got left out 
you know, let out to dry. Right. And, and they didn't believe in him no more. And that you could tell this is what, 20 years later or so he's still impacted by that. And just his passion for, for the game, his teammates, uh, it just bled through and everything that he was saying. And I'm sure you'll see some clips that will come out. Um, you, you know, I'm not exactly sure how that's going to go, how Duke uh, Manny weather is going to uh, present that to everybody, but you know, everything was recorded. So I'm sure you guys are going to be uh, able to view some of this as well. So it was powerful. Um, just his passion for the game was, was really incredible to hear. And I thought it was so valuable for the younger guys to hear as well. Right. You got Willie Rove, Hall of Famer, you know, up there talking 20 years after his career and just so passionate about the game and what it meant to be accountable to your teammates. And uh, it was just it was really cool. Uh, and then Olin Krutz, you know, he, he was um, sitting up there and he, he started to, you know, talk about the physical aspect. Right. Because that was Olin Krutz. You know, if you never watched Olin play. Uh, kind of his bread and butter, you know, what he leaned on to get by more than anything was his physicality and his toughness and also smarts too. kind of those core fundamental traits. He, he had those things in spades, you know, he was undersized. He barely was 300 pounds when he played. And especially back when he played, he had to play, you know, monster nose tackles like Ted Washington and uh, Pat Williams um, and, and guys like this, right. Vince Wolfwork. Um, guys that outweighed him by, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 pounds, you know, so um, he spoke on, you know, he believes that every play, you know, his mindset was he's trying to strike and punish somebody on every single play, right? This is kind of an old school mentality that some guys currently still do have like Ryan Jensen and, and others, but man, just his intensity, I think it, that's what really kind of you know, spoke the most to me about Olin when he's, when he was up there, just how intense he was um, as a player, even you could just sense it. Right. And uh, he believes running to the pile, right. Being in the middle of the fight, um, you, you know, basically almost fighting somebody every play, right. You want to wear your opponent down. This is, this is how he played the game. Right. And he even kind of gave an illustration. He said, you know, if the best left guard in football, which is Quentin Nelson can run down every time and pick up his running back and run to the pile every play, like he does, he's like, why can't you? Right. And I was just like, man, yes. You know, sometimes the most powerful points are made by questions. Right. And that really was like, wow. You know, I'm sure at least one guy in that room, you know, is gonna, decide to do that more you know this upcoming season whether they're in college or the pro game right because if Quentin is out there all perennial all pro running to the pile doing this hey man anybody everybody can play with that level of effort if he's doing it right so that was a great illustration I thought so um and man Willie Anderson so first year here for Willie um he was he the first day he spoke about so this is kind of a separate, this isn't the non-negotiable non uh, session, but the first day um, he spoke about evolving and how critical it is to evolve as a player and as a coach, right? In, in terms of what you're teaching, um, looking at what works currently. And maybe if you have an antiquated way or thought of how it should be done, checking yourself, right? And um, being open to change and 
I think that's, you know, a good message for, for anybody in any stage of life, but, or any career. Uh, but particularly with offensive line play, he went into uh, some of his techniques, right. That, that he kind of developed, you know, and he, he's a big believer in not presenting the pass rusher, your hands, right. Cause you know, when you watch um, defensive line train, you know, hey, Willie was talking about this going to Chuck Smith's training facility in Atlanta, who Chuck Smith is a, you know, a former all pro defensive end who coaches tons of NFL defensive linemen right now, including Von Miller and Aaron Donald and others. Um, he said that, you know, they're always, you know, looking to attack a pass blocker based on what their hands are doing, right? They're always looking at their hands. Vision is a huge part of pass rushing, right? And, and recognizing what is being presented to you. So Willie, when he played and what he teaches guys um, is, you know, the best offensive linemen hide their hands, right? And he has basically, you know, I think he calls it the chop, but it's basically a circle punch technique, right? And, you know, the, the most common move on the edge in the NFL right now is the cross chop. And that's meant to chop down the outside hand of, of pass blockers. So Willie believes in, you know, not presenting your hands, not, you know, carrying them high, carrying them a little bit lower, and then coming up and around with that outside hand to kind of, you know, circle around that attempted cross chop move. Um, and I've seen that work today in the NFL a lot. Uh, so it's a, definitely a viable technique and, but it kind of flies in the face of a lot of, you know, a lot of coaching methods, uh, you know, in terms of either if you teach two hand strike, which that's kind of like old school, uh, you know, go get the pass rusher. Um, I think there's a place for that but it has to be a change up. It can't be your, you know, your foundational technique as a pass blocker. There's really no successful offensive tackle, especially that is out here to two hand striking guys every time. Right. If you want to mix it up, like if you're jump setting or something like that, sure. But you know, you're, you're, you should be relying more so on being patient with your hands. And I think that that there's a lot of wisdom in that, especially against today's NFL pass rusher who are so good with their hands so refined and they're looking you know they train you know against the dummies right you know where, where the hands are always up you know where the arms you know the hands and the arms are always up so if you present something different to them it causes a split second of hesitation of confusion and that could be the difference in a win or a loss in the nfl and it often is so it was really cool to hear him you know talk about that and he described pass protection as a spiritual experience. <laughs> and uh, he, he went into detail about that. And really, it just takes a level of calm uh, mentally to play, especially on an island in pass protection, right? You have to have this serene sense about yourself out there. And that is extremely difficult when you're, you know, by yourself having to block, you know, a high level Khalil Mack or Von Miller, right? So the best you know, offensive tackles are smooth, right? They're calm, they're smooth, they're patient, which is exactly the opposite of your natural reaction when you're in these situations. So it has to be trained, right? Um, so that was really good, I thought. Um, and back to the non-negotiable stuff, you know, I, I think my notes here for Willie, he, he talked about passion. He said, passion separates great from average. Uh, and that's kind of a cliche that we hear, right? Like there's all these guys are talented, 
right in the NFL, not equally talented, but all extremely talented. You know, they're the 1% of the 1%. But he says over the course of his career, man, he, he thought that the passion for the game, for the guy next to you, for, you know, uh, having that, uh, he called self pride, right? Regardless of how your team is doing, you want to dominate your specific assignment and your opponent, right? It's how much you care. And uh, he even used uh, self-reflection, right? So these are the things that were going through his mind over the course of his career. And this isn't just talk either, right? I mean, he played for the Bengals and a lot of his career, they were losing, right? But Willie was still out there going to Pro Bowls despite being on a lot of bad teams because of how dominant he was, regardless of the scoreboard, right? And that just says so much about him. Um, and I thought that was powerful for a lot of guys to hear if they're maybe not on a great team, you could still go out there and dominate your opponent. Uh, right. If you have that level of self pride and passion about what you're doing. Um, so it was just cool to hear him reiterate that. And uh, Mark Schlereth, you know, this is cool for me because I grew up a diehard Broncos fan, you know, and I still am a Broncos fan uh, born in Denver. So, you know, he was, he was there in 97, 98, when we won back-to-back Super Bowls, he played for Alex Gibbs, who's, you know, kind of the godfather of the zone run game. So I was very excited to kind of hear him talk and everything, but um, you know, he, he said a bunch of cool stuff, you know, we are more important than me, right. He kind of echoed some of the sentiments that I've already covered in terms of, you know, offensive line is special, man. I mean, you're a team within the team, right. You got to have five guys operating as one, you know, whereas if you're a running back, you know, you're out there, you're the only running back on the field most of the time, right? So it's kind of more of an individual thing. Uh, But offensive line, you're never out there by yourself, right? I mean, there's sometimes when you're on an island as a tackle, sure. But, you know, by and large, you're relying on the guy next to you. So he, he really kind of went in detail on the importance of that. Uh, I thought that was really good. Um, and yeah, that was kind of the non-negotiable part. Um, some more technique stuff that I thought was good. Steve Hutchinson said that, uh, he, you know, it's important for your hands to be independent contractors, right? So I thought that was great. Uh, just another way to kind of explain the importance of independent hand usage, right? You, you rarely want to have your hands connected to each other, right? And be a two-hand striker. You want to um, be more adept and more skilled with your hands. Right. And, and he was a big, he was a big inside strike guy. So his inside strike was the strong, powerful strike and his outside hand was more light and flexible, right. To kind of serve as a guide. Um, but that inside hand is the one that's going to create the force. The outside hand is just kind of going to going to help, um, keep that defender in front of you. Right. And it's more loose and, you know, light. So that's how he played the game. Um, this was great. I thought from him, he said, offensive line is about getting into positions of power and strength. That is technique. So that's great. Cause that's what technique is. It's how well can you put your body in positions to operate from a strong base and to, you know, maximize your power output. Right. And the more consistently you can do that, the better a te- technician you are. Right. So that, that's what I got from, from that tidbit from him, which was great. Um, so yeah, the, the last thing that I kind of wanted to, to touch on here before we get into my interview with, uh, Olin Krutz and, you know, we're going to kind of recap some of this as well, um, was I, I really, I really appreciated, um, a, a lot of the guys, uh, effort that they put into this event, you know, and I wanted to kind of recognize a couple of them. 
And uh, this is, you know, this is probably one of my favorite takeaways every year. And that's getting to see current Dolphins, former Saints left tackle Teron Armstead at these events, because it really is special. Um, and what I mean is, so we have our classroom sessions, you know, to kind of begin Friday and Saturday where we're watching film. You know, that's that's my role. I put together all the film that we watch. Um, and after that, you know, after we discuss some topics and techniques and whatnot, then we have breakout sessions where, you know, some of the leaders there like Teron and Jensen and uh, Lane and, you know, Willie Rofe and uh, Steve Hutchison, all these other guys, like they would basically, you know, break down their techniques with a crowd around them of guys playing their position and they would just field questions right and just answer questions um to Ron, you know every year that i've gone i think he started coming in maybe 19 uh or so but every year it's the same thing he has a huge crowd around him and he is out there for you know 30 40 minutes at a time just answering every question, doing the drills, basically that he does, showing people, taking pass sets, showing what he does with his hands. Um, young guys are coming up, college guys or even young pros are coming up and taking sets for him, having him analyze it. And he is just out there. I mean, like, you know, this year he was just, he was sweating, like, like going through like a full workout out there and just being so diligent and, you know, his attention to detail for each guy regardless of who you were, was just incredible. I mean, he was really giving back to the game, and he does that every year. Um, and he is who I think of when I think of what a pro should look like, right? Just how much he cares, how much effort he puts into it, uh, his selflessness, you know. Um, and I said it when the Dolphins signed him. I'm like, man, this is going to, you know, reverberate throughout the locker room and throughout the offensive line room because his presence alone the stuff that we can't see off the field with you know he's the leader of the offensive line room you know right away and just what that's going to do for the other guys it's really going to help them I think and he really helped a lot of guys this year um, and he's just so generous with his time it's just it's really cool to see a guy like that who you know has been a multiple time all pro um, playing at the highest level, just show that level of hum humility out there. Right. I mean, it's just, you know, just can't say enough good things about that. And then, you know, Ryan Jensen's very similar as well. He's out there just, you know, with a crowd of 20, 30 centers around him and just, you know, just going through it, man, you know, getting in his stance, taking snaps, you know, just, uh, just so willing, um, and excited to, to help guys. So, it's just really cool to, to be around that, to see pros, you know, that are doing it at the highest level, kind of giving back like that. So that's always something that resonates with me when I go to the events. It's, it's, um, it's really cool to see. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a, I think a pretty good recap, you know, to, to kind of cover some of my notes, give you guys a little bit more of a little insight on, you know, what goes on there. Um, I'm sure, you know, we will have, uh, and Duke will have some video, you know, uh, trickling out here over the next few weeks and months. So you guys can actually see and hear it for yourself, but yeah, it was, it was phenomenal. Um, just, just another great event. And, uh, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and get into this interview with, uh, Olin Kruitz and we'll talk a little bit more about what we, what we got from the event. 
All right, everybody. I'm here with uh, former Bears legendary offensive lineman, really, you know, perennial Pro Bowler Olin Krutz. Um, and I wanted to talk about the 2022 Offensive Line Masterminds Clinic that I had the the privilege of uh, being at again. And Olin was there again. Um, man, Olin, thanks for doing this. And just yeah, what an event, right? It it was awesome, man. And and. You know, you being there, obviously, always shining a light on the offensive line and studying that film and uh, getting out on Twitter and on Instagram or wherever you can put it so people can understand a little bit more of the game. But as far as the event itself put on, obviously, by Duke Mannyweather, um, it's an awesome event. It really is. It's so good for the young guys, obviously, to come there and hear the older guys like, uh, you know, Steve Hutchinson, Mark Slareth, Willie Anderson. I mean, Willie Rolfe was amazing. Uh, in there talking about what he did, Louis Vasquez talking. Uh, it was just so good for me to hear about what it takes uh, to make it and actually how hard they have to study the game and work at becoming an offensive lineman. And then on the opposite side, uh, for older guys like me, and I'll just speak for myself, and I'm sure these guys may echo it, they may not, but uh, a place to go and, and have, it's almost like, and you can, you can attest to this, I'm sure, it's almost like a locker room feeling in there, right? Like there's all offensive linemen over there. Uh, there's 200 guys in the room. Uh, you get to feel like you're around the old line again, which a lot of us miss uh, when we're done playing. And then to actually share uh, with people the craft that you've studied for so long, which is blocking people, which is uh, getting guys blocked on pass pro, getting guys blocked on run blocking. It means a lot, I think, to – I know for me it means a lot to be able to to speak about it and talk to people and think that uh, they're like, they actually look at them and they're actually listening to you and taking notes and writing down the things you're saying. Uh, it means a lot to be in a room like that and to be able to share all this knowledge that, that you've accumulated over all these years. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this year to have, you know, Willie Rofe there and then Hutchinson, Schlereth, Willie Anderson, couple, you know, all those guys, I think that was their first time. So uh, just enriched the room, you know, brought even more experience in there, you know, a couple Hall of Fame jackets, you know, uh, yeah, just it was incredible, man. And just one of the things that really stuck with me, and it seems like every year it's this is kind of echoed a little bit, too, but just just all the different ways to get things done and just all the different approaches. There's some foundational stuff that is kind of transcended and is always there, you know, smart, tough, physical, but man, so many guys had so many different approaches. And I thought that is always just like one of my favorite parts to hear individuals and how they kind of went about things, you know, to have their success. Yeah, I think, you know, Willie Anderson said, you always have to evolve your game and yeah. listen to him talk about uh, the way he used his hands and, and the way he used his footwork uh, to slow down pass rushers. And I think at one point uh, he called pass pro spiritual. And I got a laugh out of that because <laughs> He's right. Pass pro is spiritual. Uh, I like to describe it as you have to have a, a lot of arrogance when you're in the middle of a pass pro. And that is you're just kind of relaxed and you have to let the guy come to you. But uh, like you're talking about, a lot of guys have developed or evolved their game out of the fundamentals from offensive line play. Right. Out of the kick steps, power steps, throw your hands, maybe not throw your hands. Well, I better not throw my hands on this guy because I'll get it knocked down. So a lot of the stuff that they are talking about, uh, you hear Hutchinson talking about. He would put his hand on the on the inside peck and on the outside delt and close his eyes in drills and let the guy work moves because he wanted to just feel uh, what the guy was doing. So uh, hearing these guys talk about 
things like that. Great players. Uh, Willie Rolfe talking about his footwork, talking about throwing his hands, talking about how much it meant to play with other guys and just what comes out of all the work that they have put in over the years. A lot of things, a thing I, I took away from, I don't know if you heard, I heard it over and over again was how much uh, all the older guys wrote down everything they had to do, yes. how much they took notes. Uh, when Hutchinson said his toe was pointing in the wrong direction on one play, you could tell Brandon, he was still pissed off about that play. So <laughs> that kind of stuff, uh, I hear him say that. I, I start thinking to myself, uh, maybe it's not, I'm not as crazy as I think I am. And there are other guys who are like that, who, who, who blocking people, who doing things the right way, studying the game, uh, making the whole unit better. It means that much to those guys in that room. Yeah, man, that was that was really uh, impressive as well when Hutchinson said that. I think he said something about how he wrote down basically what he did in like every practice rep. Like he'd go back mm-hmm. and watch the film and then write it down, like his footwork and the details. And I just thought that was so cool for these young guys to hear it coming from a guy like that. You know that he was yeah. that detailed, and you you know, yeah. there's nothing too small you know, to pay attention. Mm-hmm. And I think Mark said that he go away to the playbook and every step that he was going to take on every play in the game, right? So Mark Lorette says that yep. almost echoing, echoing, like you're saying what Hutchinson said. And it's just kind of like you're saying for, for them to be able to share that. And then on the other hand, the young guys to hear that maybe you're not working as hard as you think you're working. Because these right. guys, right. you know, in, 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 a, in an era where like you have to remember with the older guys, uh, you know, like I was studying, I don't, I don't, Mark would have to speak for himself. I, I'm be interested to hear Mark and Brian Baldinger, who was also there. Yeah. I would be interested to hear what they talk about their film study was like, because I know in 1998, I had to take a beta tape home and use a TV remote, right. To, to break down uh, the film that was in front of me. And, and, and my wife would say, why are you up to three or four in the morning? Well, that's how long it would take to get through the film because they didn't have cut-ups and things like that. I'd love to hear them talk about that. But just as much work as they would put in writing everything down, worrying about every step. I think Mark talked about, which was so interesting to me, when he talked about um, he would that he felt like knowing the game, knowing the scheme, knowing the way the guy was going to rush up the quarterback actually kept him healthy. And I thought that was that was an yeah. interesting point that he made, that you can, you can actually save your body by knowing the game. I thought that was so fascinating when he said that. Yeah, that was, that was great. That was great. He, he had so much good stuff. I, one of the things that I'll just like a couple of my notes here, like, you know, that, that session that we had when you were up there with all them and we talked about non-negotiables you know, one of the things that Hutch said that really stuck with me is, you know, toughness is never physical. It's a decision. I thought Mm -hmm. that was really cool. And just speaking on the mental toughness part of it, you know, that was one. It really was. And Luis Vasquez walked up and, you know, he said, I'm not one for public speaking, but he, he said out of nowhere, but I am about that action. And that's like yeah. what you're saying, right? Like yeah. that's what Hutch is saying. It, it's a decision. It's a decision to be, I, I'm just going to be tough. And what, what, let's define toughness, right? Let's mm-hmm. define probably whatever. Cause I think a lot of people think, Oh, uh, you mean you want to go fight everybody. And, and that is a part of it. I'm, I'm going to fight you on every play to the end of the whistle. But toughness also is mental toughness. That that means studying your film at night, studying your book when you don't want to, because toughness really is just doing the things you kind of don't want to do, putting in the work that no one else will put in. And I think that's kind of what everybody's saying there, right? Like you don't enjoy 
you're not going to enjoy all of this, but you will enjoy uh, kicking your guy's ass on a Sunday morning. Right, right. Absolutely. Man, Vasquez looked like he could line up tomorrow and play. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was trying to avoid him when he was walking at me. He was so... <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that was that was cool to see. And maybe the most powerful moment was, you know, when Willie Rofe was up there talking about being accountable and not letting the man next to you down and then talking about getting let go by the Saints and, you know, got got a little emotional there. I mean, that to me was maybe the most powerful moment and just spoke to the brotherhood of offensive line that I thought was really cool for everyone to see and for him to be that vulnerable like that was pretty cool. Yeah, it, it really was. And, and to be honest, I don't think he was probably planning on being that vulnerable. But when right. you're in that room and we talked about earlier and like, you know, uh, I was sitting right next to him and I just kept telling mm -hmm. myself, man, I, I mean, he, he almost had me crying. Right. Because I could feel his passion. I could feel his emotion. I know what it means to him because um, I remember when the Bears, when I didn't resign with the Bears, I, I remember how I felt. And I remember week two, I had to play against the Chicago Bears. I remember walking into the locker room almost having to hold myself together that I had to play against my former team because that's how much me being a Chicago Bear meant to me. And that's what Willie Rolfe was, was talking about right there. And just that passion. And you talk about, we were talking about non-negotiable. That By that we mean, what does it take to play football in the NFL? What is non-negotiable? Well, that damn passion Willie Rolfe showed you uh, right there, just talking about football, talking about not being able to play for New Orleans Saints anymore. And years later, Brandon, he is choked up on stage. And when you look at a guy like Willie Rolfe, it's probably the last thing you expect. It was the last thing I expected. But yeah. uh, what an example for the young offensive linemen in the room and really the coaches and everybody in that room, me. I mean, it was an example for me of how much football should mean to you uh, when you're playing the game and how you become a Hall of Famer. Because a lot of people, me included, I just thought Willie Rofe was born a Hall of Famer. To be honest with you, when I watched him play, when yeah, I watched his footwork, when I see the size of the man, when I see his feet on film, I think to myself, this guy doesn't even need to practice. He doesn't even need to care. He just comes out here and blocks people. Well, he proved me totally wrong that day. And he said, and right there I looked and I said, you need the total package to be a Hall of Famer. He may have all that skill. He may have been born with all that talent, but he gave a damn every day when he showed up to that building. I thought that, like you're saying, that was probably the most powerful moment of the event. Yeah, yeah, it was. And I, I think Willie Anderson even echoed it after that. I think, he, you know, one of my notes is he said, passion separates great from average. You know, it's about how much you care. You know, and he, he used terms like self-pride, self-reflection. And I mean, coming from him, you know, playing for the Bengals, who a large portion of his career, you know, weren't winning many games, but he was still going out there and doing his job at a very high level. And I thought that, you know, for him to say that and then him to have the proof of it, you know, was pretty powerful too, because, you know, obviously, you know, the career he put together, you know, Hall of Fame worthy and to do it for a team that wasn't winning much, you know, that took, that took a lot of pride, you know, and it was pretty cool mm -hmm. to hear him kind of break that down as well, I thought. Yeah, but playing at a high level, right, when it doesn't matter, when it doesn't matter for your team, but like you're saying, just that personal pride that when I go out there every week, I'm not going to let this guy kick my ass. I don't care what. I don't care. I'm not going to the playoffs. I don't. I think he mentioned being two and fourteen. Um, you know, I, I've been four and twelve. I've uh, been on bad football teams too. But like you're saying about him, he did it a lot, and that tells you right there that doing his job 
for the guy next to him, his right guard. I think he mentioned, you know, some of the guys he played next to that. That's who he was playing for that day. We may have been out of the playoffs. We may have not been on our way to win a Super Bowl, but I still was going to put together what a lot of people would argue is a Hall of Fame career at right tackle. Yeah, absolutely. That, And the last thing, man, that I wanted to talk about was I was talking to Hutchinson um, one night at dinner. You know, we were out with Duke and stuff. And uh, just, you know, I was just trying to listen to him as much as possible, obviously, just hear his stories, just, you know, soak it all up. But one of the topics I thought was really cool, we were talking about uh, building an offensive line and how he thinks that center is the most important position on the line. And it was really cool to hear him say that. Um, and he he basically said because, you know, he didn't say force multiplier, but that's essentially what he was getting at, where, you know, if you have a really great center, it can make everyone else that much better, put everybody else in better positions. And he said, you know, I mean, most guys, most people in the media and stuff like that, especially maybe even coaches think today, yeah, I want to build tackles first and then go inside and we can just put a guy at center. But he actually believes the exact opposite. And in some of the things that he said about a great center, he said they need to be a prick. They need to be arrogant. They need to be mm-hmm. smart and tough. And mm-hmm. I just thought it was just awesome to hear him say it because he had a really good center in Seattle. Um, uh, was it Matt? Robbie Tobeck. Yeah, right? Robbie, Robbie Tobeck was there. And he had a good center in Minnesota. He also, Matt Burke, Burke was a very yeah. good center. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So. Mm-hmm. so he saw it firsthand. I just thought you would appreciate that. Really do, and and I and I agree with him that you can be a multiplier there at center if you can see blitzes coming, if you can tell guys to slow down and or speed up, if you can tell guys where their help should be, if you can alert the quarterback that something is coming from another direction, or you can slide the whole line and pick up a blitz, you can make a guy next to you better. And really, that's what playing center is about, right? Are you making the guys better? Are you getting everybody? on the same page. I, I remember being in meetings and taking blame for almost everything, but really I, I wasn't trying to bullshit. Some coaches would get mad and say, Olin, like let them take their own blame. But I would say, I really do feel like a lot of this is my fault. Like not the guy not being on the right block, the guy taking the wrong step. I should be keying him or cueing him or getting him moving uh, in the right direction. So uh, what he's saying is very, very true about the center position, if you can find a guy who's elite, you see a guy like uh, Kelsey out there in Philadelphia, right? Like the mm-hmm. level he's playing at, you always see them doing little things right. As, as a center, sometimes I can watch film and actually see if the guy is good at making calls because the O-line is all moving in the right direction and getting things done. So uh, it, that's an interesting comment by Hutch, especially because, like, you know, uh, he was a guard and a lot of people talk about tackles, but um, I, I would argue on the other end, uh, just finding somebody who is elite, elite at their position is really critical for any offensive line. Right. Just to have one of those guys, at least mm-hmm. yeah. one guy who makes everybody better. Right. You can affect mm-hmm. your whole line from left guard. We see that from Quinton Nelson. Right. The whole line uh, can be really affected uh, by losing an elite left tackle. We saw that when the Baltimore Ravens lost Ronnie Stanley. So mm-hmm. uh, you need to have an elite player on the team I cover, uh, the Chicago Bears. I always argue that when I'm on radio, they just need to find a guy who's top three to top eight in his position in the NFL or they'll continue to struggle. Yeah, that's that's good. That's good, definitely. All right, man. Yeah, this is, this is great. I think people are going to get really good insight and just uh, I wanted to recap it with you. 
Um, hopefully I'll get a couple other guys on here, but if not, I mean, this was awesome. And, um, I think people are going to appreciate your perspective on it. And it was great to see you as always, man. Always, man. Always good to see you, Brad. I appreciate it, brother.